what I've tried to do through this whole journey is really celebrate these little teeny wins and understand that maybe I didn't get like the huge result that I really hoped for in a specific thing that I did, but that these little wins that I did get are going to accumulate. It's like network, you know, when you move to a new town and you start a business in the beginning, like, you know, nobody, but just the beauty of time and you start making more and more connections and more and more people know you and it just snowballs. This is the Photo Business Help Podcast, a resource for photographers of all levels from brand new to burnt out who believe that business growth starts with personal growth. I'm your host, Natalie Jennings. I created Jennings Photo back in 2010 and have been happily full-time since, but not without some mistakes along the way. Those lessons, plus what's really helped me thrive financially and personally are what I want to share with you so you can grow with your photo business too. You'll also hear stories from other photographers and industry folks, as well as my favorite ways to be more mindful and happier on this journey. Bonnie is the founder of Happily Ever Photo, and this is not just another listing site for photographers. There's a lot of really special features that she's been so thoughtful about including in this site, and we break down some of them like how much your experience matters and why you have to be in a certain pricing bracket to even join this listing and why she feels that's important to the quality of the photo industry. So many other things, including your own view of yourself and your perceived value and why that might be getting in the way of you charging what you deserve to charge. All sorts of great stuff in this conversation with Bonnie. But first, a few words from the folks that support this show. Attention photographers ready to nail those mini sessions this year. Well, look no further. 17 Hats presents the Mini Sessions 101 course, and it's absolutely free. Get expert tips from award-winning photographers Philip and Eileen Bloom while discovering how 17 Hats handles client management and automation for a flawless event. Level up your mini sessions, enroll at minisessions101.com. And if you're new to 17 Hats, be sure to use our code PHOTOBIZHELP for 50% off your first year membership. That's PHOTOBIZHELP for 50% off your first year membership with 17 Hats. And once again, that URL is minisessions101.com. So are you one of those folks that say, ugh, I'm not blogging in my business because it takes so long and I don't know what to say and it's hard to choose photos and it's just a long process and I know I should do it, but I don't. Well, I've been there before, but one of the things that completely changed this game for me is when PickTime rolled out their blog feature early spring in February 2023. It not only allows you to create super, super beautiful blog posts, but you can do it so, so, so fast working with galleries that you've already uploaded for clients. So there isn't any doubling down on anything. And now they've added AI to this process as well. So you may have your feelings about AI, but if you're one of those people that's like, ugh, I don't know what to say, then let AI write something for you. And then you can add your own little voice and flair to it after it's done. It's a way to get things started. It's a way to help you get past that resistance of trying to get a blog post out or maybe multiple blog posts out. It's just one more feature in PickTime's bajillion amazing features that I 
think is fabulous. So if you're on the fence about trying PickTime, they are offering you one month free when you upgrade to a paid plan. So you can just try it. And if you find that you don't like any of these awesome features that I always talk about, you can cancel. If you go to pick-time.com, P-I-C-T-I-M-E.com and use the code PHOTOBIZHELP, you get that one month free when you upgrade to a paid plan. So that's pick-time.com, use the code PHOTOBIZHELP and try that one month free and get going on your blog because yes, it's still a relevant thing and it's something that's useful in growing your photo business. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing all right. You? I'm doing good. I'm really glad that you wanted to do this. I saw your and listened to your interview on Anami's podcast. And since she and I have worked together and been on each other's podcasts and stuff, I thought it would be really fun to chat with you, especially since I think despite all of the other brilliant stuff you speak on about profitability and pricing and all that stuff, I just, I love the happily ever photo idea, especially for my audience, because I think, I think they'll love it. Thank you. Yeah. Where in the world are you right now? I live in Nebraska, like the Lincoln, Nebraska area. Where are you? I'm in Minneapolis right now. I'm currently in between living situations. I'm house sitting for my folks who are trying to make a move. And so I'm in this really weird room that I'm not usually in. <laughs> like, but yeah, just outside of Minneapolis is is where we are. So Okay. All right. Not, t- not terribly far away from here. No, no. I've driven through. In fact, I'm going to be in Nebraska this month. I'm driving out to Denver to speak at a podcasting conference at Podcast Movement. And we're going to stay in Omaha for a night on the way back. I usually like to shoot out there in one day and then like break it up over a couple days on the way home. Yeah. What do you do at a podcasting conference? What are you teaching about? I'm just on a panel. Actually, my partner and I are on the same panel, which is so cute. We're talking about monetizing your podcast and the different ways that you can do that in terms of, you know, like seeking out sponsors and clicks per, you know, like lots of different ways to do it. And the way that I've done it with this podcast has been really successful. And I think a big part of that is just like a a niche thing. So I'm just going to speak about that because I think a lot of people think that they have to get like, it has to be a volume game and it's not necessarily always a volume game with, at least with a very niche kind of podcast. Yeah. And that's a good point. And that's something that I noticed about your podcast versus other photographer podcasts. And I think a lot of them are, you know, kind of have their own thing that they're selling to photographers. So maybe that's not why they do much in the way of like affiliate links and stuff like that, or other advertisers like you do. So like PhotoBizX, you know, he has a membership and Anime obviously has the stuff that she sells. But yeah, that's one thing I noticed when I started listening to your podcast. I was like, oh, she does a lot of other sponsor stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's a great way to, you know, especially I've been working with PickTime for a long time, I mean, I use it in my business, but I also like just love what they do. And I think, I think finding, you know, the right audience, like finding something that you can talk about that you actually genuinely are like, this is my favorite thing is really helpful too. Yeah, definitely. Well, I like to just chat on this podcast and I'm doing my best to try and be just a little more informal in terms of just letting folks get to know people. But I'm really interested in kind of what brought you to the happily ever photo place. You know, this is like a recent thing for you. And I think 
I really want to focus a bit on that because I think it's a really useful thing for folks just to get their name out there and be part of a community and a directory, but also sort of how did this happen and why did you want to do it? Well, first of all, I appreciate that. That's very sweet. (laughs) I have been a professional photographer for the last eight and a half years. And the idea came to me through kind of a mix of two different things. One, I was at a networking event and I had someone come up to me and they were looking for a wedding photographer because the one that they had fallen in love with, for whatever reason, couldn't do their session. So they were looking for someone else who had a really similar editing style, which at the time, you know, it was like this, the warm, moody stuff that's gotten really popular the last couple of years. But at the time, there weren't that many people doing it. And so she was trying to get help to find another photographer who shot like that. So I was like, I don't know anyone off the top of my head, but I can reach out to my network and find out, you know, and so it was kind of like this, labor-intensive process to find a couple websites. And then I emailed them to her so she could look at them. But I just thought, gosh, there's got to be a better way to go about this because I've kind of been in the same boat where it's like, I have an idea of what I want that's specific enough that I can't just like Google it and get, you know, kind of like this perfect curated list of people who match that profile. And so I was like, man, that would be so cool if something like that existed. So it was like her struggles and then kind of my own struggles finding a photographer in that same way. And it it was in my head for, I don't know, a couple of years at least, because I just thought, how do I even go about doing this? Because I didn't think I had the ability to create a website like this. I didn't think I had the technical skills. So I was like, okay, I'm going to have to pay someone else to make it, which is going to be really expensive. And then how do I market to photographers? I can't charge them for at the beginning because nobody knows a website and it's not useful since there's nobody on it yet. So how do I make my money back from paying all that money for it to be created? And so I just, it just sat in my head for a long time. And then finally I thought, okay, I'm going to do some research. And if there is a way that I can create this website myself and I can reach out to these photographers on my own time, then then I'll try it out. And what the hell, you know, it's going to be a very low cost investment for me. So I'll just try it. So it was a lot of back and forth with the, I actually host the website on Wix and a lot of back and forth with the Wix people on how to like, how to do the things that I wanted to do. And a big learning curve. So, but I finally got it to the point where it was what I wanted. And then I started emailing thousands and thousands of photographers across the country. And I literally just went on Google Maps and just said, first, I would do like wedding photographers, you know, in a specific city. And then I would just go on their websites and collect their email addresses. And I didn't want to, first of all, I don't think I legally could have, but I didn't want to just put them all in one big giant email list and then send out mass email because technically that's for people who have subscribed, you know, to this kind of a thing. And I didn't like, the last thing I want to do is piss off these photographers. Right. (laughs) Or break the law. Yeah, exactly. So I literally one by one by one sent these emails out to these photographers. And I don't even want to know or think about how much time I've spent. I still do it sometimes just to, you know, try to get some more leads. But I can't believe anybody even opened the emails, much less, you know, actually like clicked on the link and signed up because it's not like, I mean, it's not terribly hard to sign up, but it probably takes a good five or 10 minutes of people's time, you know, for something that they had never heard of. But 
I was just so thankful for the responses that I got from those early photographers. And some people were, I mean, sure, I got a couple of responses that were like, don't ever talk to me again, you know, whatever, like take me off your email list, which I'm like, well, you weren't really, sure. I wasn't planning on emailing you again, but that's okay. <laughs> I, yeah, you weren't really my, it's fine. But the people, I got so much support and love from people, you know, were like, what a cool idea, you know, I'd love to help. And from that community that we started with, I went back and forth and back and forth on, okay, I'm thinking about adding this to the site. What do you guys think? Or I'm thinking about changing a layout like this. And they've just, and still have been so wonderful giving me feedback on how to tweak things and what is relevant, especially in like genres that I don't shoot. I don't really know, you know, how to ask good questions about those genres. So it's developed. It's been a huge development process. I wish I had taken like screenshots of what the directory had looked like, you know, from the first stage to the second stage to the third, to just be able to compare everything because it's it's been such a difference and all based on feedback from the community, which has just been wonderful. That's so cool. Do you have any sense of an idea how long it took you, like how many hours you put into emailing individual photographers? I don't want to calculate it, honestly. I mean, because the process of sending the email was probably the shortest part of it. It was collecting all those emails that took so much time, you know, so I would just sit on my computer in front of a TV show and, you know, just get on Google and, okay, today I'm going through Minneapolis photographers and first I'm going to Google you know, the wedding photographers and collect those and put them on a spreadsheet. And then I'm going to look up the newborn photographers and do those and make sure I don't have any duplicates, you know, and I'm creating this list. And then I have to take that entire list into Gmail and one by one by one, send these emails out. I mean, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours. I asked because I think just the tenacity involved in any kind of undertaking, the like, I say a lot, like at the end of this show, folks that have been listening for a few years know that I always say in everything you want to achieve, consistency is key. You know, whether it's learning a language or raising a child or building a website, you know, and I think this behind the scenes peak is so valuable because it's it's the part that we don't see from like the idea to the that iteration is so, so important. And I think it's just inspiring for people. And it's also a helpful reminder that we all have kind of like similar, I don't know if, if I want to say obstacles, but just that like, if you don't push through that wall, you know, that's where we usually kind of give up. Yeah. And I honestly think that the biggest part of why I kept with it is because a, I kind of had the time, at, you know, I was kind of developing it over the winter time, which helped out because I just kind of had some free time. But also the fact that it wasn't costing me, you know, a ton of money. And I think if I had been pouring money into it and not getting any results, then it would have been really hard to keep going and keep doing it. And again, that feedback from people, it was like, oh my gosh, you know, people really like the idea. And now they're kind of like counting on me, even though it was like completely free and probably nobody had any expectations other than myself. But that helped push me to, you know, keep going. That's great. So this idea, we keep saying when you had the idea and this idea and the thing that you're doing, let's maybe tell people a little bit about what this thing is all about and what makes it so cool. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I should have started with that. No, no. I think it's fun because people are like, what's she talking about? <laughs> okay. So it's a directory for US-based 
portrait photographers where a user can get on who's looking for a specific photographer and they can use various different filters to narrow down the photographer that they're looking for. So they can um, filter people obviously based on location and their genre, but also on years of experience, on the products that they offer, whether that be digital or printed products or both on their travel radius as far as, you know, do they travel X amount of miles without charging extra? If they're LGBTQ plus friendly, editing style is a huge one. And that was kind of the whole point of my intro story. But yeah, so I have... That was a really cool one. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a handful of different editing styles from moody to warm and muted to bold and vibrant to true to life, light and airy and fine art. And so the photographers themselves can classify themselves into up to two of those. And then you can use those filters to sort out what photographer you want. And I have examples because I know not every regular user is going to know what those mean. So I have kind of examples if they want to look through them. But so they can use all these different filters. And then as they're using them, it just narrows down the photographer pool. And then from there, you know, there's all these profiles listed with three profile photos on each photographer's listing. And you can contact them through the site or you can jump to their website from there and contact them that way. So that's kind of the spiel of it. But I guess I should also note that as a differentiating factor from a lot of other directories, well, first of all, we do all genres of portraits, but also I only allow people who demonstrate that they have profitable pricing to be listed on the site. So as a photographer myself, you know, trying to make a living at this, I don't want to sit here and advertise the people who are, in my mind, disrespecting the industry and themselves, more importantly, with their lower pricing. And, you know, everyone has to start somewhere. And if that's where you're starting, then so be it. But once you get to a profitable pricing point, that's when you can join the directory. I really like all of the things you included in, and especially this pricing thing. I heard you say something, I think it might have been on Anami's podcast, about your belief that like, if you're starting out and you need to be free and work to build your portfolio, great. But then when you're ready, just jump to a profitable point. Like, Don't spend time in this middle ground. Yes. Did I get that right? Yeah. And I fully believe that. And I know everyone's got their own journey and I didn't start that way. So this is, you know, hindsight. But not only do I think that's easier for the photographer, because yeah, sure, when they jump to that price point, it's going to be hard to find the clients. But then they're not doing this like slow lag of, okay, next year, I'm going to up it 10% and next year, 10%. And then it's, you know, 10 years until you're confident enough to get to the point where you're actually profitable. And that's not realistic. But also you're going to lose clients along the way, right? As you're upping your prices and then that is frustrating. So I would rather people just do it for free. Like they're going to school, you know, which technically we pay for. We don't get for free either, at least in the U.S. But do it for free and learn your skills, get a nice, consistent portfolio, know all your numbers. And then from there, just make the leap automatically to profitability. It doesn't have to be like your dream number, right? But it at least has to be profitable in order to pay your you know, minimum that you need to live off of. So that's my belief. And I know everyone thinks a little bit differently, but I think it's good for the photographer. And it's also good for the industry because then you only have the free inexperienced people or the profitable priced professionals. And those are the choices that the public has. There's none of this middle ground where they can start thinking that, you know, oh, well, I have a $200 photographer and they're really good. So that's what everybody should cost. 
Yeah, there's so much to that. I would love to just do an entire episode on that idea alone, this idea of just this middle ground and money mindset and your own view of your own value. I've worked with more than a few clients in my coaching program that just feel like they use the word guilty or feel bad about or like feel really like not confident. There's a lot of vocabulary that comes up where people just don't feel like they can charge more. And I think digging into the psychology underneath that is, do you have any just maybe a point or two about what you think might be behind that mindset about people or their view of themselves? Sure. And I mean, I talked about this a little bit on Automate's podcast too. I think a lot of it stems well, assuming that we're talking about women, I think a lot of it stems from this idea, you know, of this, you know, kind of antique idea that the men go to work and they make the money and the women stay at home and are doing what I see as one of the hardest, loneliest jobs in the world of being a, you know, stay at home parent. And, and they don't make money from that. And then we go into the workforce and the idea of putting in your effort and your time and your expertise and not getting physical money from that somehow in the back of our head, you know, we are more okay with that than the men are because of this, you know, kind of pre-belief about the staying home with kids and everything. So I think that is a big piece of it. I also think that obviously that self-confidence and shame are bigger or more prevalent in women than they are in men in general, obviously. And we are so sensitive to criticism that if we get criticism on our work or our pricing from the general public or God forbid, another photographer, that really can take a huge toll on what we think. And then this idea, I've been thinking about this a lot too lately. People jump in and they're like, well, I get what you're saying, you know, charging profitably, but I'm completely new. And so, you know, I mean, that you know, they've played with the camera, they've had it for a while, they're new to actually opening a business. And they're like, this is my first year. And I'm not good enough. You know, I'm not experienced enough to be charging what these people are charging. And my pushback on that would be, okay, I'm not saying you have to charge luxury prices, but at least charge something that gives you minimum wage. Because here in Nebraska, I'm sitting in a coffee shop, you can work here with no experience and no skills for $15 an hour and start off that way. And this is Nebraska. You know what I mean? Like, and people like the example I gave on Anime's podcast, a $400 newborn session ends up translating to between three and $5 an hour. And that's crazy, you know, and people don't do the math on this. And again, I have a blog article with all the math breakdown if anyone wants to read it and why that that's how it translates, but you have to do the math to understand. And I know that the public perception is that $400 for newborns is like, is normal or maybe even expensive depending on where you live. But if you do the math, that is nothing. You need to at least triple those prices to even be on par with a minimum wage job, you know, and that people don't think through that or they don't know that. And they just, they just haven't thought about it. And they're like, oh, well, $400 for a newborn session. That's awesome. That's so much money. And I personally have this block about money where if I instinctively know that I'm not making as much as I, you know, think that I am, I kind of just avoid it. You know, I like actively avoid doing that math because I don't want to know the answer to it. I don't look at my bank account. I don't do these things, you know, because I'm like avoiding the truth. And I think that's probably more common in women than in men, or maybe not, but it's, I've seen it a lot. And I think that's part of it too, is like, we just don't want to 
face the truth of it. So we just keep on believing that what we're doing is profitable without actually proving it. I think all of that is so true. One exercise that I think is really great for people to try if they know they should probably raise their prices is just rather than changing everything all at once and being worried about losing maybe some of your older clients or people that are used to your price point, just try the next time that you get a new client inquiry to just double your price. Just throw a number. Just try it. If you lose the gig, no big deal. This is a stranger. But just try doubling your rates. And if they say yes, like that is like a huge lesson about like re-evaluating what you're doing. You know, just give it a quick try. See how it feels because you're not really, you don't have to redo your whole business in one, you know, one fell swoop, but like just an exercise, just as like a little mindset exercise. Okay, I'm going to just throw this number out there and you'd be surprised how often people will say yes. Yeah, I think that's a great technique. And I also think that we would be more inclined to do that if we have like a backup finances, you know, because it's like, if you already have this security, as far as something else that's helping you pay your bills, then it's like, what the hell? If they say no, then they say no. And it's no big deal to me. I think that what we do is we get into this desperation mode where people think that they're going to start their business. And then, you know, within the year, they're going to be making all this money or making the same amount of money that they made in their other job. And then when that doesn't start happening, we start to get desperate and we start taking these things that we don't want to take, or we start offering these discounts that we know are not sustainable because we're just trying to get something in. So the wonderful thing I think about having a part-time job or some other income, or even if you don't need the money period, and you just want to do it, whatever, this is still your time and you should respect it. And it's like, if people aren't going to pay you and value you for that time, then whatever, it's no big deal. Next, the next person will come along. A thousand percent. And I do think that point is huge is, you know, if you are in a position where you really need to pay the bills, you're going to not only be afraid to charge what you're worth because you're afraid of people saying no, but you're going to take gigs and say yes to clients that are probably not your ideal clients anyway, because you just need whatever comes your way. So I think taking a, a broader look at, of course, your numbers, but for folks that are feeling like they're on that hamster wheel of like, I just got to take whoever comes in and I'm afraid that I'm going to lose the gigs. Maybe it would be mentally and just all around probably definitely financially healthier to see if you can just, yeah, get a part-time job on the side until your business is in a place where you can say yes to only what you should be saying yes to. Yeah. And it's so much better for your mental health too. I mean, I still am victim to sometimes taking those jobs that I really don't want to do either because like a friend asked me or like you said, like maybe just the money would be really nice that month or something. And Every single time I get myself in the middle of it, I'm like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And it just like, you know, it like ruins your day spending your time on this. And then it's like, yeah, why? It's not worth it. Totally. I am interested. You have all these really cool categories, one of them being experience in your your directory. So people can see how experienced a photographer is. And I'm always interested in, you know, I've been doing this 13 years now, which feels like a very long time, but I've been reflecting on like, what does my experience mean to clients, new clients or older clients in terms of value? 
maybe someone is a year in and they're just super talented and the experience does not produce necessarily a better photo. But I'm, I've been, I'm just kind of, this is just like a random external processing. I'm like experience. Hmm. What do you think is sort of the value in conveying experience to potential clients? Yeah. And I'm with you. I think you're totally right. Sometimes I see photographers who have been doing it for 20 years and I'm like, have you not been learning in the last 20 years? You know, just like technically speaking, their work is, is not great. And you just think, I mean, what have you been doing for two decades to not understand lighting? Right. Just blows my mind. So I think you're right. That experience does not necessarily equal technical skills or talent at all. When I put that on there, again, coming, I do newborn maternity family photography, and especially in the newborn world, I think that practice and practice and practice and knowledge of the the differences of the newborns, you know, and the different ways you have to treat certain shaped newborns, which sounds weird, but like newborn photographers know what I'm talking about and like how they all move differently. And obviously the safety aspect and just the sometimes just putting in the time in a specific technique or genre or skill set, you know, is valuable in and of itself. So for the people who don't necessarily want maybe a newborn photographer or a wedding photographer who just started doing this this year, that's what that filter is for. Yeah. And I think for myself, I mean, there are likely many photographers in the first couple of years that have beautiful photos portfolio quality wise in comparison to my 13 years. But I do think another way the experience, at least for me, helps. And this is something I try to convey to my clients, you know, so if you're wondering like, oh, I've been in this a while, like, how can I use my experience to my advantage? I try to just remind people that like, you know, I will be able to always get more high quality photos in almost any situation at this point and in less time. And I think for families, they're like, oh, good, 30 minutes, perfect, because I don't want to do this all day. Yeah, for sure. I found that too with family photography is my gallery number, you know, when I pull it off of my camera is so much lower. I have so many fewer photos that I've taken now than I did five years ago, because then I was like, not really sure I had gotten it right, or that maybe the settings weren't right, you know, or whatever. And, and now I kind of have these tips and tricks to use not only with the kids themselves, but I have more confidence and more knowledge in what I'm doing. And I've had more practice at it. So yeah, it's surprising sometimes how many great images you can get even in just like a 15 minute session. Absolutely. And and I've talked about this a lot on the podcast. This is a topic that comes up a lot. But and Audrey and I, who co-hosts with me every now and then, we both are pretty fast shooters. And we talk about like 15 minutes is forever. <laughs> you know, like, If you're doing just a mini session style, like we all want a few good ones. Like I can, I usually come home and I'm like, wow, there's definitely more than 10 good images in here. Yeah, me too. Sometimes I feel like I'm shorting my full session clients a little bit because I'm like, geez, they didn't really even need that time. We probably, you know, I can produce this many images in 15 minutes. So I feel a little bad charging them more, but there's obviously benefits to shooting for longer too. But yeah, that is something that you develop with time. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I would love to sort of just give folks the information to find this site, to list their business, to be part of this community. What are the next steps for people that really want to explore what you're up to? Yeah. So the website is Happily Ever Photo. It's just www.happilyeverphoto.com. 
once you get on the homepage, it's pretty easy to navigate, but there's a tab that says get listed. And that would be the one that they would use to fill out the form to actually be listed on the site. And then they can obviously go on the directory too and just check it out and see how it works just to get an example of what to expect. You can email me through the website. You can contact me through social media too. I'm on Instagram and Facebook, although they're not my favorite ways to spend my time, but I will respond. (laughs) So any of those would work. Great. And we'll link to all of that in the show notes. I want to leave everybody with sort of, we started this conversation off with sort of the tenacity it takes to build a big project and push through and not, you know, really essentially give up. But do you have any just random advice, little quotes that lift you up or like a mantra or like a practice or anything that, you know, you keeps you grounded and focused and successful on your business journey, something that you might want to leave people with? I don't have a specific mantra or anything that I use. I think, and what I've tried to do through this whole journey is really celebrate these little teeny wins and understand that maybe I didn't get like the huge result that I really hoped for in a specific thing that I did but that these little wins that I did get are going to accumulate. It's like network, you know, when you move to a new town and you start a business in the beginning, like, you know, nobody, but just the beauty of time and you start making more and more connections and more and more people know you and it just snowballs. So that's what I really try to keep my eye on is like, yes, this website doesn't have 3000 photographers like I would love for it to have, but we have a little over 1100 right now. And every single week we're adding more. And those are all little mini wins in and of themselves. And I get to do podcasts like this, which is awesome, you know, and every time I get to make another connection and a new thing, I just try to remember and celebrate that and have that uplift me and not think about, you know, all the time I've spent sending emails to people. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Well, You know, thank you for sharing your story and talking about all of this with me and being on the show. And I really hope that you get a few more to add to that 1100 because, I mean, I'm a big believer in networking and just being part of community when you have the opportunity. And one thing you have done is you have made it incredibly easy to put your listing together. And, you know, it's not a super complicated process and it's it's not an expensive process. So I think this is like a win-win for almost anybody, no matter where they are in their business, if they meet the criteria. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. And I try to make it easy and cheap specifically for the numbers game, right? Like this site has to have a lot of photographers on it for it to be a good search. So I want as many people who can join to join. So yeah, I'd love to have anyone, obviously, who meets the criteria. <laughs> Yeah, it's great to be in good company. And I think that's a really, really interesting aspect of what you're doing. And I think it's important for the industry. So I applaud that. And maybe we can do this again sometime and dig more into that pricing mindset value stuff, because I think that was a thread that we could kind of talk on for a while. But for now, yeah, check out all of the links in the show notes if you are interested in this. And thank you again, Bonnie. It was really fun to chat with you today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. So are you one of those folks that say, "Ugh, I'm not blogging in my business because it takes so long and I don't know what to say and it's hard to choose photos and it's just a long process and I know I should do it, but I don't. Well, I've been there before, but one of the things that completely changed this game for me is when PickTime rolled out their blog feature early spring in February, 2023. It not only allows you to create super, super beautiful 
blog posts, but you can do it so, so, so fast, working with galleries that you've already uploaded for clients. So there isn't any doubling down on anything. And now they've added AI to this process as well. So you may have your feelings about AI, but if you're one of those people that's like, ugh, I don't know what to say, then let AI write something for you and then you can add your own little voice and flair to it after it's done. It's a way to get things started. It's a way to help you get past that resistance of trying to get a blog post out or maybe multiple blog posts out. It's just one more feature in PickTime's bajillion amazing features that I think is fabulous. So if you're on the fence about trying PickTime, they are offering you one month free when you upgrade to a paid plan. So you can just try it. And if you find that you don't like any of these awesome features that I always talk about, you can cancel. If you go to pick-time.com, P-I-C-T-I-M-E.com and use the code PHOTOBIZHELP, you get that one month free when you upgrade to a paid plan. So that's pick-time.com, use the code PHOTOBIZHELP and try that one month free and get going on your blog because yes, it's still a relevant thing and it's something that's useful in growing your photo business. Attention photographers, ready to nail those mini sessions this year? Well, look no further. 17 Hats presents the Mini Sessions 101 course and it's absolutely free. Get expert tips from award-winning photographers Philip and Eileen Bloom while discovering how 17 Hats handles client management and automation for a flawless event. Level up your mini sessions, enroll at minisessions101.com. And if you're new to 17 Hats, be sure to use our code PHOTOBIZHELP for 50% off your first year membership. That's PHOTOBIZHELP for 50% off your first year membership with 17 Hats. And once again, that URL is minisessions101.com.